0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, MJ Varquez. Uh, I got a couple of my buddies here. We got Scott. Hey, how's it going? And uh, another one, my boy, Steven. What's going on, guys? So I'm going to go ahead and start this off uh, introducing ourselves. So uh, like I said, my name is MJ Varquez, uh, co-signs MJ Wu AU for Auburn University. Um I got into fantasy like, like 13, 15 years ago. Uh, all I could hear about on ESPN was how LaDainian Tomlinson was going to be the number one projected (laughs) point scorer for the year. And, uh, after watching him play, I had to get in it. Uh, I've won about four championships and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this. And of course I met Steven and Scott in this, uh, over at Auburn university. And we were both in this singing group, the Auburn Singers, shout out. Uh, But I think we're going to go ahead and switch to Scott. Scott, go ahead and introduce yourself, man.
1: Hey, guys. I'm Scott Seidman. Call sign is Shadow, which I get from the Air Force. Uh, As far as my fantasy history goes, uh, I've been doing fantasy football. This will be my 12th season coming up here in 2022. Uh, I've done over 20 leagues across three different platforms. Uh, I've had 15 top three finishes. I've made it to 11 championships, and I've won three of them. Uh, yep, that's me uh, for fantasy. We'll pass it over to Steven. Hey, guys.
2: My name is Steven Sideband, a.k.a. STS Fun Train. I uh, won't go into the nickname now. We'll save that for a later episode. Um, but uh, I am uh, Scott's younger brother. I've uh, been also playing fantasy football for going on my 12th season. Um, five championships, uh, I think 14 top three finishes, um, and, uh, just a little background. We, uh, my, my first league started out with the, with a league of eight. Um, and that was, that was the first year of my first championship. So there's a little asterisk there. Um, but, uh, that, uh, that turned into the league that we have today that the three of us still compete in. Um, so we're going almost 10 years strong, um, with the 10 person league, um, and so we've uh, basically taken that connection from Auburn, kept our league going, um, and uh, and yeah, I uh, it's it's been a love of mine for for over a decade now.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, I guess the first thing we start out with you guys is uh what what do you guys like about fantasy? I asked myself that question. I, I couldn't re- I couldn't even uh, figure out an answer myself. Actually, the whole day, this whole day um (laughs) so let's all ponder that (laughs) what what do we all like about fantasy right i I mean i I like i like i love the nfl i love these guys these guys what are the best athletes in the world and we get to watch them uh ball out and i mean i guess nothing beats nothing beats getting that call right right you know when when you when you make a call on this guy like uh I'm not really sure, but you know what? He, he's gonna be my winner this week, and he goes out and wins me the week. Nothing beats that for sure.
2: Yeah i uh, I think I think kind of simplifying it from for for me it's 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 a game. I love games, and uh, I think kind of on the flip side, I think fantasy is what's grown my love for the the NFL, honestly. Um, really did not watch much NFL uh, before getting into fantasy it was much more on the college football side of things. Um, but uh, I, I will say now I would uh, nine out of ten times with the one time being Auburn would rather watch an NFL game uh, any day of the week. And uh, I think it's uh, you know a lot of what MJ said you get to see these guys go out and compete and you're part of the game. You, we have an investment in the game, and it uh, it makes every game interesting. When you, especially when you have you know players across multiple leagues, you usually have some stake in every single game, and it's um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's something that you can participate in, and something that you can do with your close friends, and um, just builds bonds across the board, and uh, so fun just just everywhere.
1: I think for me, uh, I actually come from it. Uh, The flip side of the coin that Steven just mentioned, uh, I actually have always been a huge fan of sports, uh, primarily football, and I was a fan of the NFL way before I started playing Hmm. fantasy football. I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm I'm sure we'll talk about that some more later. In fact, one of my breakouts, spoiler alert, is a Dallas Cowboy. But uh, I started following the NFL probably mid-90s and didn't start playing fantasy football until about 2010 so uh yeah kind of opposite of steven i've always been a fan of the nfl and and kind of joined the fantasy realm a little bit later but uh like like he said uh it's a great way to keep up with close friends um it's a fun game to play you know friendly competition and uh you know bragging rights always on the line and and like mj said it's it's always awesome when you uh you make a call on somebody that people are kind of fading and and you get it right
0: oh absolutely absolutely And with that, you guys, we're going to actually go ahead and switch to our first little section here, our news and notes around the league. Um, I love this one, you guys, Um, just because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, just, I mean, reigning MVP. Um, Every time you think he's going to go down, he doesn't. Also, he owns the Chicago Bears, which unfortunately means I am owned by him also. Uh, So, yesterday, of course, Packers rookies have been blazing up a storm, uh, specifically Romeo Dubs, right, Uh, shooting up everybody's draft boards. And that's what everyone's been talking about this offseason for Green Bay. Um, But yesterday, um, Aaron Rodgers was interviewed talking about the wide receivers, and he was actually severely uh, disappointed by them, um, talking about how well, he's going to take the players who are prepped and ready to go. And this morning, the rookies met with the offensive coordinators and all three quarterbacks. I mean, what do we think about this situation, Scott?
1: Yeah, so I guess starting with Aaron Rodgers, uh, rating two-time MVP back to back years. Oh, yes, excuse years. me. Excuse yeah, me. no, uh, all good. Uh, so first, let's, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, he just... Signed a big contract. He's got another four years with the Packers. He's likely going to finish up, out his career there. Unlike what happened to his predecessor when Rodgers came into town, you know, uh, they they cut ties with Brett Favre and uh, and Rodgers became the guy. You know, when they drafted Love, uh, was it two seasons ago? Mm-hmm. There was all this talk and hype about him, you know, being the Rodgers replacement, and uh, obviously that's that's not going to happen at least for some time now. But yeah, uh, with with that new contract and. You know, just with him being the two-time reigning MVP back-to-back and him being Aaron Rodgers, this is clearly his offense, his show, regardless of, you know, the coaches, you know, they have their input and they make the final call, but, like, Rodgers is going to choose who he's throwing the ball to. And so I I would say this is more, like, you know, something to keep an eye on. Um, You know, if you're looking at, like, a a, a Dubs or – Uh, like a Lazard or a Watkins, Uh, I think you should be following the storyline closely in Green Bay. And, uh, you know, whoever Rodgers is throwing out there, whatever names he's throwing out there, that's the guy you should be, you know, locking in on uh, as your target out of Green Bay.
0: Steven, anything?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers just likes talking. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it's an
0: ayahuasca, huh?
2: (laughs) I don't. I don't necessarily think there's you know too much to read into the situation. I think we know that he throws to who he likes and who he wants yep. to throw to, and um, I think one thing that maybe we can maybe read into is the fact that he didn't mention specifically Alan Lazard in that uh, in that group of young receivers who's not performing. So maybe maybe a little stock up on uh, on Lazard, and um, I, I think. Again, with uh, not much competition apart from those young receivers, I think maybe uh, I don't know, maybe I'm considering drafting Lazard one or two rounds earlier than uh, I was expecting.
0: Okay, great. Well, Stephen, I think you have the uh, next two tidbits of news here.
2: Yeah, so this next one, not so much news, but just uh, something uh, something to to mention that uh, the NFL, I think posted an Instagram uh, with uh, with Baker Mayfield, obviously in his new. Carolina Panthers uniform and um, Odell Beckham Jr. posted or commented on that post and said, go shine. Um, and so just thought that that was funny. I don't know. You know, I, I, I want to hope, you know, I think everyone, or at least, you know, everything I read is that OBJ is a good guy. And I think he's uh really just wanting the best for his, his old quarterback. Obviously things didn't go as planned in Cleveland. And I think really uh, OBS, uh, Adele Beckham senior was the one who <laughs> led the charge of, uh, of getting Odell out of Cleveland. Um, I don't think we really ever heard Odell having, you know, ill will towards Baker, but obviously there wasn't chemistry there. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, hopefully this is just, uh, a nod to them being at peace with each other and, mm-hmm. uh, who knows maybe, uh, you know, I think, obj is 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 not locked down with the rams at the moment that i'm aware of so could he end up in carolina probably not but uh um, just uh like i said kind of something to uh just just a, a nice like i said at least hopeful hopeful thinking that he is uh he's just kind of uh giving a nice little shout out to his old quarterback i don't know if there's uh anything there y'all want to add
0: well, you know that he's being enticed to join the Buffalo Bills, right, OBJ?
2: I did not. I did not hear that.
0: Um, so uh, n- another little bit of news, I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, Von Miller and Stefan Diggs have been, you know, uh, making posts here and there, uh, posting a bunch of pictures of Odell in uh, Buffalo Bills
2: uniforms. Let's go.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean... Bills become even more stacked. How crazy would that be?
2: Von Miller, old teammate, at least for their uh, their Super Bowl
1: winning year. Yes, have, uh, exactly. Bring him in. Bring him to Buffalo. What yeah, a Buffalo! Buffalo uh, better watch out. They're going to get the Miami Dolphins uh, Tom Brady treatment there. Yeah, in, in draft
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not. That's <laughs> something they don't want to do, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, the only thing I'd add uh, is. I'm pulling for Baker cause I've got him on my uh, new dynasty team uh, as my third string quarterback. And I, I, I don't think there's any ill will between Baker and OBJ. I don't, uh, I don't think OBJ is going to Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it was just legit, you know, Hey bro, I hope, I hope you do well on your new team. That's all I, I think it is.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, what you got next, man?
1: Yeah. Um, we uh, are I actually
2: just recently uh, just heard about this comment um, by rookie Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. But um, I think a reporter was was basically asking about the uh, the switch to Joe Flacco in practice with uh, Zach Wilson being out on injury, and, uh, and and Garrett Wilson said something along the lines of he does a good job of making the passes receiver friendly. Ouch! Uh, and I really I really honed in on the uh, the receiver friendly part of that comment. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think that to me this was a rookie trying to be politically correct and uh, not necessarily say that Flacco throws a better ball than Zach Wilson, but uh, I think he kind of said it. Um, all that well, to say, it-
0: did you watch some of that preseason game?
2: <laughs> I, I honestly did not tune in. Uh, it, was, it was not it was not really interested in the in the OG uh, Jets game.
0: Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably a good thing you didn't tune in.
2: But I know uh, obviously Wilson went down. Um, Zach Wilson, that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, all that to say, i don't I don't think there's uh, too much to to read into here. I think, you know, could Flacco be a viable starting quarterback? Uh, maybe yes, in the uh, in the NFL for a temporary time. I don't think for fantasy purposes, um, there's gonna be any big, uh, you know, changes with with how we're ranking Wilson um and we're definitely not gonna I don't think consider ranking Flacco even as a, as a streaming option um but uh but again more so just uh something something funny and uh I, again I think Wilson just just trying to to say the right thing but accidentally maybe uh Nick his quarterback a little bit
1: yeah yeah I would add, uh, I don't think Garrett Wilson is probably wrong in this situation. I mean, Joe Flacco is a veteran quarterback in the NFL. He's been around for a long time. He's in the probably twilight hours of his career. Uh, Who knows? This could be it. Uh, He's won a Super Bowl in the past. Like, you know, he has been a good quarterback and Mm -hmm. he could carry a football team. Uh, Do I think the Jets are going places with Joe Flacco? No, but I also don't think they're going places with Zach Wilson. I think the one thing that Zach Wilson might give them a little upside on uh, is probably rushing capability. But even then, Zach Wilson is going to be primarily a pocket passer. So, uh,
0: before we move on for this, I mean, Scott, do you think they're even
1: going to let him run after tearing his his meniscus? I I, I think they have to if they want to compete. Like, they're they're not going to be a competitive football team unless Zach Wilson uses his legs.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah good points. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, well, we're going to move on to our first big segment, uh, of the podcast. It is some of our breakout stars, projected breakout stars for this season. Um, which I'm really excited about, uh, our first big segment of our first episode of our podcast. So, uh, we're actually going to go ahead, swing this back over to Scott. And then, yeah. um, I'm going to let Steven take reign of this.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll kind of just, uh, I think, uh, Scott and, uh, MJ both have their, uh, their breakout QB wide receiver and running back. So we'll uh, just take it position by position. Um, see what each, each has to say and, uh, just, uh, talk about what the potential is for these guys. So Scott, who, uh, who is your breakout quarterback?
1: Yeah, Steve. So my breakout quarterback for this year is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, So who is he? He's the second year quarterback for the Jaguars. Uh, Let me give you some 2021 stats here. Uh, He was 27th in passing touchdowns, 17th in passing yards, 25th in deep ball completion, and 8th in rushing yards uh, across all quarterbacks. Hmm. So there is a lot of room for improvement, and I think it's going to happen this year. Uh, So just a, a little further deep dive into Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he played at Clemson. Uh, for those that didn't know, uh, he was a champion as a freshman. He mm. took his team to the natty. Uh, and he was a 2020 Heisman finalist. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out here is uh, the second year quarterback. Uh, there has been a trend uh, that goes back into uh, to about two, 20, 2017 uh, of second year quarterbacks crushing it. Um, so in 2017, you had Carson Wentz, uh, in 2018, you had Patrick Mahomes, in 2019, Lamar okay. Jackson, in 2020, Kyler Murray, and last year in 2021, you had Joe Burrow, uh, and to a, a little, uh, lesser extent, you had, um, Jalen Hurts, uh, but he, it's kind of a different situation there with him only playing four games in his, in his rookie year. You didn't get a full rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those quarterbacks I just mentioned had a way more productive year to uh, in the NFL and in fantasy compared to their rookie campaigns. Uh, and the last thing I like to hit on here for for Trevor Lawrence is he's got new coach and he's got some new teammates. Uh, so thank God the Urban Meyer era is over. We don't have to worry about him going to bars and hitting on Ooh. girls that aren't his wife. Uh, yeah. Mess. And uh, with with, uh, with a new coach. They brought in some new weapons for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's got Christian Kirk now, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram uh, to throw to uh, joining Marvin Jones. Uh, and then I will touch on this in a little bit. Uh, he has a healthy ETN. Uh, Travis ETN running back is is now healthy. And so I think that's going to help Trevor Lawrence's stock. Uh, and uh, I'll end this... By uh, giving my bold prediction that Trevor Lawrence finishes as a top eight quarterback in fantasy this season.
2: Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and stop you there. And I think this is a, a great time <laughs> for our our first side bet of the podcast. Um, I do. I, I will say, I think great great points across the board. Um, I think we all know the talent that uh, that Trevor Lawrence has. Number one draft pick. Um, you know, championships at Clemson, um, or sorry, what championship? Was it two? Yeah, he, he, went, he, went, he went to multiple championships, but he only won one. Right, right. So so obviously the talent's there. We know the potential's there. I, agreed. The noise is gone with Urban Meyer. Um, he's got his college teammate, Travis Etienne, in the backfield, healthy. Got some new weapons at wide receiver. I, I, I think um, think top eight is, a, is certainly a bold prediction. So... I, uh, I I would like to to bet that he finishes outside the I'll say top eleven. Um, so I think maybe uh, maybe we can just meet in the middle and and say that he uh, I'll say he finishes outside the top ten. You say he finishes inside the top ten, and uh, we'll uh, we'll mark that down as the first side bet of the year. Cool, first side bet
0: has <laughs> been marked um, on the ledger.
2: <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, let me ask you this, Scott, before we move on to MJ, um, you know, in a 10-team 10, 10 league, would you, which I assume the answer is yes, based on the bold prediction, but would you feel comfortable leaving your draft with Trevor Lawrence being your number one quarterback? I would,
1: Steve. Uh, and Wow. It, it would be a very, very late draft pick. Like, I'm, I'm not taking Lawrence until probably, what, rounds 13 or 14? Yeah, you know, that's so correct. He's down there you're, around when you're taking your defense to your kicker, uh, and and I'd feel comfortable with that because uh, I'd be loaded up on running backs and wide receivers. I'd feel really good about my my uh, bench depth uh, at those positions, and um, yeah, I think I, I believe in the breakout. Uh, I would feel comfortable with Trevor Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence being my one and only quarterback uh, for fantasy
2: leaving the draft. All right, yeah. The ceiling's definitely there, or it's, it's, at least the ceiling's unknown. And, uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what T-Law can do this year. MJ, who you got as your breakout quarterback for 2022?
1: Oh,
0: boy. Okay. I, I hope you guys are ready. Okay. This guy has been catching so much steam. Okay. He's, been, he's up on the train. Um, and that QB is Trey Lance from the Woo-hoo. San Francisco 49ers. Um, the – I am so excited about this guy. Okay. And I've just been recently picking up a a ton of my drafts, but I just want to remind everyone what San Francisco gave up to, to move up to the third pick in this draft. Okay. Three first rounders, three first rounders and an additional third rounder to move up to pick Trey. Okay. Now, uh, of course we, we have a lot of red flags. I think my biggest red flag is, You know, Trey Lance only played 19 total games for North Dakota State. Sure. Two national championships with that team. And I mean, he was just a stud. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited that, you know, one, of course, of Kyle Shanahan, the coach of of the 49ers, is RG3's rookie of the year. There it is. Was amazing of course I drafted him. Okay, and and then of course he decided from what I've researched, he decided he didn't want to run the Shanahan office and that offense and that it just turned to crap. I mean, followed by Kirk Cousins. Um then of course he went over to Cleveland. They got Menzel, Brian Hoyer. It started out hot, not looking so well in the middle, but then, of course as everyone knows, he moved on to Atlanta, where he coached Matty Ice, uh, to be the MVP in 2016. And of course, the Falcons won the FC Championship and were winning the first three quarters of the Super Bowl that year. Um, then moved on to San Fran. And of course, he's been able to work with a myriad of quarterbacks, Grappolo most recently, who just couldn't really get done due to all those injuries. And so the thing that Shanahan does well. Okay, is that he he does he puts his quarterbacks in positions to succeed, right? He he gets them these easy passes, he dump offs, um, he, they have all these uh, weapons that they can they can use for the quarterback to succeed, and that's what is so special about Trey Lance in San the San Francisco Bay, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Bra- Brandon Ayuk. I mean, the guy has the leg up. On Garoppolo, of course, you know, pun intended, legs up. Uh, He can run, and he can throw outside of the numbers. I mean, what what Garoppolo couldn't do. Um, So my main concern for this 22-year-old, by the way, um, they have the fifth toughest schedule this year, and this is going to be his first year really hitting uh, a majority of these premier NFL defenses and if he can't read them, uh, you know, if you can't make the audible, can't make the right call. That's, that's my biggest worry. But I mean, if we learn anything from Jalen's hurts, like what, uh, QB seven run last year is you don't have to be a good thrower to finish top in fantasy. So, uh, I'm, I got him out for QB nine for the year.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, another, another, another great pick. Um, obviously, I think the word to, uh, to describe Trey Lance is potential. I think that's what we've Correct. been hearing for for two years. Obviously, 49ers put, uh, traded a ton to, to get him early. Um, you know, as you said, he, he was behind Garoppolo last year, um, had some injuries. So when we did see him, it wasn't, you know, I think what the 49ers' faithful hope for. But uh, he's had a full off season uh, to being the guy, um, and uh, I think I think the the expectations are are hopefully realistic right now. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, like you said, he's got the the running ability, um, has weapons all around him. So. I think uh, I think he's uh, he's a great 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 pick to be a to be a breakout candidate. Who uh, so I so so you said number uh, number nine on your list? which what's, yes. what's the earliest round that you're drafting him in? I
0: okay, sixth round. Actually, no seventh because because I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a better year than he will, and let's just say that trade does fall and at that point i'm looking for uh like let's say i pick up debo and i'm looking for that stack I'm i'm gonna i might reach early for him in the six so it just depends if i get that stack
2: sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta go for the guys that you like the guys that you uh you got your faith in so if you you gotta jump around then do it but uh, i think that's a great pick we'll uh bring it full circle here so so scott based off of what you heard there from mj um Trey Lance being nine in his list, Trevor Lawrence being eight on your list. Um, are you are you taking T-Law over Trey Lance? Where does I, am, come
1: I am not taking T-Law over Trey Lance, uh, and I, I won't be reaching for T-Law either. Um, so if I get to round 13 and I don't have a quarterback yet, I am happy taking Trevor Lawrence at that point, but I, I will not be reaching for him. Uh, quarterback is super deep this year and there are just so mm-hmm. many other like great options out there. Like I do believe in Trevor Lawrence and it, and I do firmly believe he could finish top eight, but I'm going to go with someone that's tried and true, uh, unless I find myself in a situation where I'm drafting a quarterback, uh, in the 13th round.
2: Right. Yeah, I absolutely. definitely
1: won't take Trey Lance in round six. I can tell you that he's all yours MJ. <laughs> hey,
0: I appreciate it, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, I I will say
2: just, just personally, I, I think one of the, the narratives, fantasy narratives that I do buy into is, is waiting on a quarterback. So I think that that is the strategy I'll be taking this year. But, but again, I, uh, I will not fault anyone for, for going after their guy. And uh, again, Trey Lance equals potential. So, Um, he could pop off and I think grabbing him in the seventh round is, is not crazy by any means. So like the pick there. So let's, uh, let's stick with MJ. Um, so let's move on to your, uh, your breakout wide receiver for the year.
0: Oh, okay. So my breakout fantasy receiver is Jerry Judy. All right. Oh man. Oh man. Jerry Jerry Judy. What, what a player. Um, before I do that, I got to give you guys, and, and this is part of the reason why I'm so hyped, okay? Russell Wilson. and Ru- Russell Wilson.
2: Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Okay, so listen. And, of course, I have to throw another Hall of Famer in here, okay? Peyton Manning, okay? I know him. These are the numbers Peyton Manning averaged on his best years when he came to Denver. The first three years, 583 pass attempts, 659. Of course, that was the year they won the Super Bowl. 597. Okay. Russell Wilson's highest pass attempts the past 10 years. I'll go back, hold 10 years was 558. Okay. That was actually in 2020. He, he threw for 4,212 yards. Um, and you know what happened that year he had two wide receivers finish within the top 11. okay that was of course number five dk metcalf what and yeah w- what a man <laughs> and at number 11 tj uh lockett tyler lockett okay now uh, sutton and judy are not necessarily those players i mean definitely not necessarily they're they're DK's in his own own world he's a he's a mutant Locket's among his, men yes he's a man among men and Tyler Lockett has just got unlimited speed right and had the connection with Wilson through that entire tenure there but did you know that Jerry Judy had the highest separation rate in the NFL last year Okay, and, and not only does he have the strong draft capital first rounder, um, but he saw 20 per, 21% targets per route run, okay. And that's only done by well, it's a pretty, pretty good list. Um, Ruben Randall, Justin Blackman, Julio Jones, Jordan Matthews, Amari Cooper. Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, Devin Funches, Michael Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Hollywood Brown, and, of course, Corton Sutton. Okay, so not all those guys are hits, but a lot of those names there are some high flyers, right? Okay? Um, yeah, so one of my biggest worries prior to this year after drafting him was who would be the second wide re- uh, receiver in the two wide receiver sets? And Tim Patrick, who in his own right six four, absolute monster, was slated to fill that ter- till he terribly you know tore his ACL. Um so we know that Judy's going to be filling in uh, uh, on that two role. Now Wilson's the king of the deep ball and you know it's one of these narratives going around with AFC West and the NFC West if have have any of you guys heard about this I think I told Scott about it.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it.
0: Yeah, so Stephen, they have Fifty per- 56% of games are projected to go over 50 points.
2: <laughs>
0: I love that. Okay. So so we can already assume that majority of these games this year are going to be shootouts. And, I mean, one thing from my boy Scott is year three is the year three is the year you want to target your wide receivers. That's when they break out. It's got breakout written all over it for me.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm definitely getting more and more on the on the Jerry Judy train. Um, you know, I think there was a little scare with the, uh, the earlier offseason issues. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't think that anything is, is going to affect his uh, in-season his ability to play beyond the field. Um, and everything you said, I, I mean, you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson throwing him the deep ball. You have another great wide receiver in Cortland Sutton across the field, um, taking off some of the pressure. Um, I'm sure that there will be splits as far Mm -hmm. as what uh, what corner is is uh, is is defending each. So um, I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity Um, shootouts in the AFC West. The talent is there, obviously amazing at Alabama. Um, again, has had some injuries in his first couple of years, but uh, I, think, uh, I think I think I mean I'm with you. I think he's he's ready to pop off. Um, mm-hmm. When uh, again, we'll go back to the, the similar question from the QB round. But when's the earliest you're willing to to go up and grab your guy?
0: Earliest I will grab Judy will be. I mean I think he's Scott. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's falling between like the four, like five, six range, right?
1: Five, six. Yep. Ten yeah, five, six.
0: Five, yeah. Six. I, I would be, I would be extremely happy actually grabbing him in the fifth round. I, I now, I don't think I'd necessarily reach for him, but, um, I think pulling, if you're going for the stack, which I think is completely possible with how far Russell Wilson is down in sure. I think the eighth round, I think he's a steal
2: as well. Um, but Yeah.
0: Here's a here's a
2: crazy question. So say you go uh you know running back running back first couple of rounds, mm-hmm. grab yourself a top shelf tight end in rounds 3 or 4, uh grab yourself a QB and what is that? That's yeah, that's four players right there. Would you be comfortable leaving the draft with Jerry Judy being your number one wide right receiver?
0: That's a good question.
2: Uh, yes. All right, so yeah, so it's 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 Absolutely. at least up for debate. I don't think you know, obviously not ideal, but but again, this assumption is that you know you could have Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. Like that's
0: yeah, correct. You that's guys.
2: not out of the question. So I think having uh, having those first four uh you know draft picks be uh, be high flyers. I, I think you know, leaving with Jerry as your as your top receiver is not not out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, great pick there. Scott, uh, would you uh, would you take Judy over Sutton at this point? What are your thoughts on the the Broncos' third year receiver?
1: I love Jerry Judy, and MJ knows this because I've pretty much sent him a trade daily uh, for him in our dynasty <laughs> league. Um, so I I have to keep some of uh, my reasons to myself because I really want him to trade into me. So so for our uh, viewers or listeners out there. Uh, MJ currently has Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy all on his dynasty team. Let's uh, ride. They, yeah, they should all be starting on his dynasty team, even though he's kind of like sneakily put Judy on his bench. Uh, I, so we, we might get into this in a future podcast, but uh, I wrote a 17-page Facebook article, uh, basically 101 rules, uh, do's and don'ts. How to uh, how to win a fantasy football championship. And one of my rules is uh, be careful which positions you stack uh, from the same team, and and like limiting the amount of players you have from the same team. So I personally would not have three players from the same team in my starting lineup. And uh, I MJ loves his Broncos, but I think uh, he really wants to trade one of them, and and I'm I'm hoping he trades Judy, because because I want Judy.
2: MJ could be part
1: of the, uh, the
2: Walton family, um, uh, (laughs) new owners of, of the Broncos, um, all in there. But, uh, but yeah, I I think we're all on board with Jerry Judy this year. Um, great, great pick for, to be a great breakout candidate. So we'll, uh, turn it over to Scott, who do you got as your breakout by receiver. Oh, Hey,
0: really quick. I have been finishing as wide receiver 12. This
2: receiver 12. Okay. And and again, I think, uh, you know, I, I can't push back on that too much. That is a, a high, high-end wide receiver too. And, and as we just talked about, you would be okay with him, uh, you know, potentially being your, your number one wide receiver. So that's right in, right in that range. So um, mm-hmm. again, I uh, personally don't think that that's blasphemous, um, but uh, I, uh, like I said, I think, think there's, there's a, the, the, the wide receiver pool is deep this year. So um, oh yeah. I think finishing 12 is possible. I think finishing 20 is possible. There's definitely a range of outcomes there, but uh, but uh, like I said, great pick nonetheless. Scott, who do you got?
1: So I also picked a third year wide receiver uh, and we'll just hit on that for a second. So one of those 101 rules I have uh, rule number 33 is, third year wide receiver trend. Uh, it's a thing, it's been a thing for years. In the oh yeah, baby. Uh, lately, we've had some rookies and second years really break out, but the third year is when you see wide receivers dominate the league. Um, and I, I'm trying to get as many third year wide receivers as possible this year and every year moving forward. Uh, and my third year uh, breakout wide receiver, a little bit of low hanging fruit here, but it's CeeDee Lamb. and. I think he's going to break out even more than he already has done so so far. So, I'll give you some 2021 stats. Uh, And this is wide receivers only. So, not all pass catchers, just wide receivers. He was 20th in receptions, 22nd in targets, 14th in yards, tied 18th overall in touchdowns uh, with six. Uh, Some background. If those didn't know, he went to Oklahoma. Uh, He ranks first in Oklahoma history in catches of 40 plus yards as well as games of 160 plus receiving yards. He holds those two records uh, at the university. Uh, but the biggest reason I think CeeDee Lamb is going to break out, break out uh, is the vacated target share on the Cowboys. So last year, even with the teammates he had, Lamb led all Cowboys with 120 targets. Uh, but now Amari Cooper, is in Cleveland. Amari Cooper had 103 targets in 2021. Michael Gallup, he's currently injured and projected to be out six to 10 weeks. He had 62 targets. Uh, So we don't even have to look at that because Michael Gallup is coming back, but you could probably shave off half of those targets and call those available targets. Uh, Cedric Wilson, now in Miami, had 61 targets last year. Blake Jarwin, who's now a free agent tight end, had 18. And Malik Turner who's now in San Francisco, had 16. So not counting the Michael Gallup targets, there's 198 additional targets up for grabs in Dallas. Uh, I know uh, they got James Washington, but he's now hurt. Uh, you've got uh, the tight end Schultz, who kind of broke out uh, on his own last year. Um, but CeeDee Lamb is going to be the guy that is, is he's going to eat in the Dallas offense this year, uh, I would not put 150 targets out of the realm of possibility. Uh and my bold prediction is that Lamb finishes the season as a top five wide receiver in fantasy.
2: All right, just throwing out the bold predictions left and right. Um, I wanna raise the Homer Cowboy fan alarm, but I uh, I love C D Lamb as well. So uh I'm not gonna hold the Cowboys fandom against you there. Um, Love the talent, obviously. I think uh, disappointing end to the season last year. I think he kind of uh, was quiet in the playoffs and uh, didn't finish as strongly as everyone hoped. But um, it's uh, it's open season for CD Lamb in Dallas this year, as Scott said. uh, The Amari Cooper's gone. uh, Gallup's injured. I think he's, uh, he's he's going to be Dak's guy. Now I, he, I know he's going to be Dak's guy, and um, I, uh, I would love to get some C.D. Lamb stock for sure to have him on my team. Um, so finishing as a top five wide receiver, Scott, obviously don't think there's any question that you'd be okay with him being your number one wide receiver. Um, would you be comfortable drafting C.D. Lamb in the first round if
1: you had a late pick? So in a 10 team league, I think it's still a bit of a reach in a 12 team. If I'm on the turn. Yeah. I'd take him with my 12th hmm. pick, uh, in a, in a 10 team. No, though. I think he's high second round. Yep. I think, I think that's fair. I think yeah, that I first
2: round would be reaching a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I would be, uh, very happy leaving my draft with lame as my, uh, number one, wide receiver. Um, MJ, any, uh, any pushback there? Or are you uh, you on the the lamb train as well?
0: Oh, I, you guys already know I'm on the lamb train. <laughs> um, in in I think was it three straight drafts? It went perfect my way. I mean, my pit, like the guy is slated or has a chance to be the wide receiver one this year. I it's mean, not,
1: it's not out of the realm of possibility. It
0: is not out of the realm of possibilities now. Uh, Dak, I know Dak notoriously loves to spread the ball around. He loves to spread the love, right? But I mean, I just I don't hear that much about these rookies out of out of training camp. Uh I mean, I I hear notes about Tony Pollard potentially lining up as a wide receiver. I mean, CeeDee Lamb really this the ball is in his in his court. Right. And I, I think he's I think he, I really believe he's gonna deliver this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I put so much stock in him that he was uh my second round pick in our dynasty league. He's he's my number one wide receiver. Um and uh, I've I've named my dynasty league after him, so uh I'm all in on C D Lamb this year and to the next decade.
0: Are you sure it's not because you're a cowboy fan? <laughs>
1: might have a little bit to do with it, uh, but if we want to touch on my rules just a little bit more, uh, one <laughs> of my rules is to always draft one player from your favorite NFL team, but one and only one. Uh, you don't want to obsess with your favorite NFL team. You don't want to load up on too many players from any team. Um, but, yeah, we, we might get to my rules uh, in a later podcast.
2: Yeah, I think there will be some
1: pushback when that, uh, that
2: rule comes along because uh, my favorite team is the – New York Jets, I don't think I need to have a player on my team at this point. But uh, here's, a, here's a question for both of you. So if we're talking stacks. Um, are we <laughs> wanting Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, or Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb? Or is there even a question?
1: Uh, I, that's, that's that is, I want, I want that Russell is Wilson tough. and C.D. Lamb. <laughs> I don't want to stack either. I, w- I want Wilson and Lamb. That would be my choice. Uh, I, Dak is going late like two rounds later than Russell Wilson so if you're waiting on a quarterback like Dak is there for the taking pretty late yeah yeah I agree Uh, which which I love because you can just get so much more value at the other positions Um, but you also have to pay a premium for CD lamb so um, I don't know that's if I had to pick one of the two stacks I mean biasly I would say you know CD and Dak but I, I think I would actually go with Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson. So you're saying you would rather have
2: Dak and CD, but in actuality, you would draft Judy than Wilson.
1: My heart would want CD and Dak, but my fantasy brain says to get Judy and Wilson. That's interesting. MJ?
0: See, one of the great things that Scott brought up is all the value that's laying within all those rounds, right? I I would... uh... Scott, I mean, you brought that up now, man. And I, I, yeah, that's such a great point. I would actually really love to do the CD deck Prescott stack Same. because I, I think one other thing that Prescott's bringing this year is, you know, that ankles another year healed up. I, I think he's going to start bringing in more rushing touchdowns this year. I sure hope so. So, sure hope so. so that that's, that's, I, I would choose the CD Dak stack.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, the this this the cd dax stack i like that a lot yeah i like that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think uh i think if uh if deck is falling that much more than russell wilson i would love to take cd in the, in the second round and hold off on a quarterback for who knows seven to eight more rounds uh, i think the values will be will be there so I think uh, I'm going CD see you back in this situation. So let's finish out with our, uh, our last breakout position running back. Scott, who do you got?
1: My breakout running back this year, going back to Jacksonville again, Travis Etienne. So this is his second year in the league. Uh, his entire rookie season was a complete loss due to a foot injury in the second preseason game last year. Uh, So we didn't actually get to see him play in a real NFL season, but we don't need to. I'm about to get to his college stats in a second, but uh, just basically uh, age and stature stats. He's 23 years old, five foot 10, 215 pounds. So pretty much everything you're looking for in a running back, uh, both age and height and weight wise. Uh, So let's talk about his college career because this is what we know about him. First off, He played with Trevor Lawrence for two years. So the rapport is already there with his NFL quarterback. Uh, This is another one of my one-on-one rules. Uh, It's rule number 31. Um, Without going into too much detail, essentially target players that have prior rapport, uh, whether it's quarterback, running back, or uh, predominantly quarterback wide receivers. Uh, But we'll get to that hopefully a later episode. For rushing in college, ETN holds the ACC records for rushing yards, yards from scrimmage, and touchdowns. He's one of two players to score at least 13 rushing touchdowns in four different seasons in FBS history. He's one of two players in, wow. the, in the entire history of the FBS. Uh, he holds a tied record of six rushing touchdowns in the college football playoff with, you're going to like these two names, Ezekiel Elliott and Derek Henry. So oh, man. Two, two huge, you know, fantasy running backs. Uh, but it's not just about his rushing. He can catch. He's going to be a PPR and a half point PPR monster. Uh, in his senior season alone, he was the only running back in the entire FBS with over 500 receiving yards. Uh, and to cap all those wonderful college stats off, Uh, He's also the all-time ACC points leader with 468 total points. Uh, He's the only non-kicker in the top 13 of that list. Uh, So, yeah, dude should be a fantasy beast, and the breakout's going to start this year. The only thing that people can kind of be raising a flag on, and I get it, uh, are the James Robinson concerns. So James Robinson, uh, he's an undrafted free agent, came in, basically took over the Leonard Fournette, role, uh, blender Fournette and the Jaguars kind of had a falling out a few years ago. Uh, Fournette's now, you know, kicking butt with, with the Buccaneers. Uh, and James Robinson's been the guy the last two years. Um, and he's had two pretty solid years of NFL production. Uh, he's similar height and weight to ETN. Uh, but he also suffered a injury, his left Achilles. Uh, but his injury occurred much later in the year. It was December of 2021. And so he's had a lot less time to recover from this injury, um, He's still currently listed as number one on the depth chart, but I think it's a very short uh, amount of time. In fact, my bold prediction number one is uh, a quarter of the way through the season, ETN takes over the backfield completely. Like if there is any kind of committee, it's not going to be a quarter of the way into the season. So by October, um, I I think simply ETN is the more skillful back. Uh, Like I said, he has the rapport there already with, uh, with Lawrence. So the fact that he didn't get, you know, a year with him in the NFL, that doesn't bother me a whole lot. Um and then uh my my second bull prediction actually I actually have two with Etienne is his ADP will be late first or early second in fantasy drafts next season. All
2: right. Definitely uh some a couple of bull predictions there. Um again overall I, I agree with uh the potential great talent can't deny the college resume, uh, the connection with Tra- Trevor Lawrence, um, is, uh, not nothing. Um, are you willing to leave your draft with Travis ETN as your number one running back? If you go a zero running back approach,
1: uh, first off, I'm not going to go zero running back approach. That's another one of my one-on-one rules. Um, so I will not be putting myself in that position. If, if, Somehow I ended up in that position. Um, I would I would be a little concerned, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, I I wouldn't want Etn to be my running back one. Um, I-, I would be comfortable he is my running back two, but I'm really targeting him as my flex. Uh, I'm hoping that he'll fall to me in round five if MJ doesn't steal him from me in round four. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that he is my flex this year. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's he. I think he would. Be a great flex
2: option. Um, again, of course, I think another another one with a lot of potential. And, um, you know, I think the AFC South, not the best division. So Jacksonville has a chance to surprise some people. And Etienne could help lead the charge for the Jags on that team. Bold uh, prediction
1: number three. Jacksonville finishes second in the division this year after the Colts. I don't know if I would necessarily consider that a bold prediction. Um, I yeah, mean, Tennessee's pretty, favored
2: over Jacksonville. Pretty pretty weak division overall, though I think there's obviously a lot of concerns with Tannehill going downhill, and I think the uh, wide receiver core is a little bit questionable. Ooh. But nonetheless, the Jacks have been extremely poor in recent years, so I think that's a, that's a fair call to make. MJ, uh, anything you want to add on ETN?
0: No, man. Listen, I, I don't know who's going to listen to this, Okay, but draft them. At his position, before, before you can anymore. I mean, it, he's just been looking so good in training camps. I mean, he's he's been pre- impressing everybody. I mean, post list, this list Frank surgery, and I mean, I drafted him last year. I was just gonna bring that right up. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> and you know what? He was on my i my IR all year <laughs> uh, because I was so excited about this player. I love this player, okay, and I mean he's he's very in a nearly very sim- similar situation to uh, my breakout, so I-, I am high on Etn.
2: Yeah, I mean, and th- yeah, again, this is coming from the guy who drafted Etn last year and um, sadly had him sit on his IR spot for the entire year. So, but uh, <sighs> MJ is out here, guns a blazing with Etn. I think uh, I think it's worth taking a swing for him um mj who do you got as your breakout running back candidate
0: okay my breakout running back candidate is Ramondre stevenson okay and here's i have to always talk about the bad more than likely before the good all right balance is good balance yes balance is good okay now here's training camp and everything i've been able to keep up with has just been a hot mess okay I mean, we have not heard any great thing because if you guys didn't know, they have Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator with basically the assistance of former Giants head coach Joe Judge. Oh, goodness. Um, And they're looking to um, turn this offense into a San Francisco zone run scheme with run pass option, okay? Okay. Like, which, which if you guys keep up with San Francisco, it's an extremely hard concept for the running backs to get even right. Not not even talking about these, this whole scheme, which has been set up in San Francisco for a while. So they've been struggling. All right. But Stevenson fits this better than Damian Harris. Right? Shanahan loves these shifty, speedy guys. And Ramondre, okay, one of my favorite bits about him is his comparison. Um, his comparison is a faster Lagarrett Blunt who can catch. Wow. That has been his main comparison. Now a, a prime Lagarrett Blunt is of course what everyone's been talking. Uh, touchdown say, heavy. <laughs> touchdown know? heavy. 18 touchdowns potential heavy Legarrett blunt and i mean this takes nothing away from damian harris who as everyone knows was a monster absolute monster last year i mean 202 attempts 929 yards 15 touchdowns all right but he's a he's a slightly shorter 5'11 213 bull rush type of guy where Lagarrett's 6 foot 230 pounds speedster who can catch. Okay. I mean, and let's just say, okay, let's go with the narrative that they're not going to really perform this year. Okay. Mac Jones was the eighth highest check down, or he had the eighth highest, um, check down rate last year. If this team trends towards the worst, I mean, the natural thing they're going to do is check it down. So, uh, um, I'm hyped that he's getting all these first team reps. Uh, Belichick has continued to say great things about him, about him specifically. and I have of course correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm but I've yet to see him say anything about Damien Harris. okay, So I am super hyped for this kid. Um, I do have him cracking into the top 20 um, running backs which is is pretty stout i mean i have him at rb 14 for the year
2: wow 14 so uh, almost a high end running back yes team.
0: leaps and bounds
2: so so it looks like right now on espn he is going as the running back 33 which is even outside the flex range in a uh, in 10 team league so you think that he has the potential to uh to surpass you know the likes of Travis Etienne, who we talked about, Elijah Mitchell, uh, JK Dobbins. Um, you think the, uh, the volume and the, the competition on his own team is, is not something to be afraid of.
0: I don't think so. I think he's in, he's basically nearing the prime of his health, you know, in terms of running back years, uh, this is the exact point where we need to target this player and i'm not necessarily going to reach for him okay i I love where he's falling at rb what 34 36 or so yep um but you everyone just needs to keep an eye on this guy i mean it's he's going he has the potential to i mean he's one damian harris fumble away from taking the league by storm i think
2: yeah no that's fair to say and uh i mean you could conceivably have him as your fourth running back depending if you go rb heavy in the draft um so you know by your expectations if he uh if you have the if he's your fourth best running back and he has the potential to finish as a uh, mid-range rb2 you got a you got a prize on your team for sure mm-hmm. so again i think uh he, he showed a lot of potential last year i definitely agree that i'm probably not reaching for him but um, I love love the uh, love the breakout candidate there and uh, Scott. Anything you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll add a little bit actually. Uh, so last last plug on my rules rule number sixty nine is don't trust the Patriots backfield, uh, and that's more so don't trust Bill Belichick. Very true, uh, and that's, that's because I got burned by uh, was it uh, Stephen Ridley like six or seven years ago? I drafted him. I, I way too early and just got burned because uh, I think it ended up turning into a running back by committee. But uh, pretty much since then, I've just avoided the Patriots' backfield. However, I 100% agree with everything that MJ just said, all the positive highlights of Ramondre Stevenson. Um, dude is a great player. Uh, and the Patriots are trying to sell Damian Harris. They're almost trying to push Harris out the door, um, uh, You know, get something for him, trade him to another team. Uh, which would open up so many more opportunities for Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I'm definitely not going to reach for him, but if he falls into my lap in rounds nine, ten, eleven, definitely taking him, throwing him on my bench, and seeing what happens. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: I again, I think, uh, I think probably somewhere in the middle there. I'm, I'm definitely not against uh, taking a taking a Patriots running back, and um, again, kind of what MJ mentioned earlier. I think Legarrette Blunt. Proved that, uh, that Patriots running backs can have success if they fall into the end zone. Um, but, uh, but again, I think the, uh, potential is there and we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Um, Yeah,
0: I, I do have to say, okay. The Patriots almost never have a premier. Like workhorse back. Sure. You know, they always committee and I had to agree with Scott. Like, I mean, but they almost never start a rookie running back. Which what is what exactly what they did from Amanje last year, and he did fumble, but and you know he did the whole doghouse thing with Belichick, and then got back in his you know his circle again and started playing again, and that's something that Belichick almost never does too. You know, uh, it's we could potentially see a shift, and He's defining that's the bad. odds. Yes, maybe,
1: <laughs> hopefully, the, the maybe. doghouse is real though with Bill Belichick. Uh and and that's a primary reason why I like I would not feel comfortable if Roger Stevenson was my running back too. Like if I was counting on him to be a starter, like he's a guy that I want on my bench that I hope pops off and I can eventually fill in, but I'm not comfortable starting the season if he is one of my two running backs. Yeah, very, very possible a mm-hmm. couple of uh
2: early season fumbles could uh could put him on the bench. So um definitely not a sure thing, but could be a could be a league winner so um all right guys that was a great chat about our breakout candidates for the year and now we are going to move on to what will be one of our recurring segments on the podcast and that's on the clock so mj take it away
0: yeah uh thank you steven all right so on the clock uh we're going to give both of the sideband boys um their own question And they'll each have 30 seconds to plead their case. Okay. So, first on the clock, Stephen, CMC at 101. Why or why not? Sorry, Stephen, you're muted.
2: So, you're asking me if Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers (laughs) should be the 101 pick overall. Mm -hmm. My answer is no. Okay. Jonathan Taylor. And that's where I'll leave that. Wow.
0: With plenty of time left on the clock, um, I agree. I mean, I I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be massive this year um i mean he's just a tank uh scott anything to say
1: um i agree with steven that cmc should not be the 1.01 should be jonathan taylor uh and uh, i i would venture to say that cmc should be the 1.02 or 1.03 either
0: Mm. okay now we're going to shift over to scott here uh scott cooper cup can you do it again
1: do I think Cooper Cup will be the wide receiver one again this year? I don't. Since Antonio Brown did it four years in a row, there hasn't been a repeat wide receiver one uh, since 2016, I believe it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think Cooper Cup will be great again this year, but he's due for regression. Uh, he had a year that was better than like most fantasy wide receiver years ever, um, and I, it's just it's unrepeatable. I think this year's YR01 will be Justin Jefferson, uh, and that's who I'm targeting uh, as the YR01 off the board.
0: Time. All right, great. Great points all around. Uh, Steven, you got anything to add to that? Pretty happy with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you uh, had to ask me yes or no, I would say no just based off of an odds game, but uh, it also would not surprise me at all <laughs> <but. laughs> by receiver one overall.
0: Ah, as the odds game, huh? All right, great. Well, we're about to shift here into our final uh, segment here, and uh, Scott's going to lead that. Scott, let's hit it.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be another one of our recurring segments, uh, and it's called Mary Filled or Kill, MFK. Uh, And essentially what we're doing is we are throwing out three players uh, that could be... Close together in ADP, they could be far apart. Whatever, it's just three players that we're each going to pick, and then the other two are going to debate uh, which one they would marry. So you're so in love with this player that the other two aren't even in your mind. Uh, the second player would be the one that you would filled filled trades for, um, a player that that you would trade to another team, uh, and then the last kill. We're not actually promoting killing fantasy players here. Just uh, you of the of the three he's the least that you at least like to hold on to. Um, So with that, uh, my MFK for tonight for MJ and Steven is of these three running backs, which one would you marry? Which one would you field? And which one would you kill? And they are Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, and JK Dobbins.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, Um,
0: each, all three of these players have, had a history of injury <laughs>
2: <laughs> not that uh yeah this is uh the merry part of this one i think is harder than anything um uh i'll uh i'll take it first um without thinking too far into it i'm gonna marry travis etn i'm going to field cam acres and i'm going to kill jk dobbins again um not no uh no actual threat or uh true uh killing there this is simply a game uh, <laughs> um but uh quick reasoning just uh travis etn everything says that he's fully healthy ready to go um i think he's gonna take the rock and uh and, and kill it honestly I, I guess poor choice of words um but uh I would, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to stick with him for the long haul. Um, Cam Akers, uh I'm willing to fill a trade for him because I think he's on the team. Uh, you know, I think either first or second uh, best odds in the NFC to make it to the NFC Championship. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm there on the Rams train, and uh, and Cam Akers obviously has the talent. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I, I I I love the player. Um, I, I think I worry most about his injury history more than the other two. Um, again, Cam Akers at least came back near the end of last year. Uh, so again, I, I think this just comes down to availability. Uh, Dobbins, I, I just feel like he's the the least likely to be available um, on a team where there's also the best running quarterback in the league. So. That's uh, those are my choices.
0: A uh, great point, Stephen. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go exactly the same way, and same points to ETN. He's, I mean, he's he's primed for a big fantasy breakout year. Um, you know, all those the potential with his catches with his college teammate. I mean, huge ceiling for him. And Cam Akers, uh, recovering from you know, the Achilles, he's had extra time to do so. Um, He's looking great in camp. Um, I know that Sean McVay's been making comments about splitting the workload, but I think Cam Akers just has the ability to take over that backfield. Um, And Dobbins, you know, I I know it takes upwards of like a year to really get that player to 100% again. Uh, especially after that, uh, after a knee injury, um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be killing Dobbins.
1: Cool. Uh, I guess we'll pass it on to Stephen for his choices now. Steve O. So I'm gonna throw
2: out three wide receivers. Um, so MFK to first MJ. Your options are. Jalen waddle, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin.
0: Oh man. I, okay. I am extremely high on AJ Brown. I will definitely be marrying him. Um, and honestly I will, I, I would feel, uh, I would see if I could field Terry. Um, just because he still is a wide receiver one for his team he is the alpha he just signed an extension i think he'd get great return value and then i would kill jalen just because i'm unsure of how the offense is going to translate um with the new system and with tyreek hill coming in
2: yeah great points and uh i have uh Scary Terry on my Dynasty League, so if you're interested in a trade, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we'll uh, turn the, the same options over to you. We got Waddle, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin.
1: I think that was a excellent transition, Stephen, because you know I'm always up for trades, and McLaurin would be who I would marry of the three. Oh. Uh, and in fact, in redraft leagues, he is one of my primary targets. I'm not going to say which round because MJ drafts right before me. Uh, but McLaurin is my Mary. Um, he is a stud. Fourth round. He's crushed it with uh, – he's crushed it with really poor quarterbacks. Uh, and now he has Carson Wentz, who's not a great quarterback, but he's the best quarterback <laughs> he's ever had. And uh, I think he's due for a really, really good year. Um uh, on the on the Washington roster. Uh, I would trade or field trades uh, for A.J. Brown. Um, I think he's going to be, obviously, the wide receiver one for Philadelphia. Uh, I think there's going to be some competition there with Devontae Smith and uh, with Dallas Goddard. Um, and also, I think they're going to be a run-first offense, primarily with Jalen Hurts doing a lot of the running. Um mm-hmm. And it's it's funny you bring up AJ Brown, who's on the Eagles, along with Devontae Smith, because I'm actually a lot higher than most people on Devontae Smith and a lot lower on Jalen Waddle, and it has nothing to do with like the players themselves. They're both really talented players. I think Jalen Waddle, his ADP is just way too high, which is why uh, of the three you listed, I would I would kill him because I'm going to let somebody else pay that high price for Jalen Waddle. Uh, Stephen kind of mentioned it. We're not sure how exactly those targets are going to shake out. Uh, Tyreek Kill coming in to to Miami is, is going to be the wide receiver one. Um, he's going to take a lot of the looks. I think Jalen Law is still going to have a great fantasy season. Um, let's see, last year he finished as uh, da, 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 da. wide receiver 13, and uh, Smith finished as wide receiver 30, but uh, they're both top top 30 from last year, but they're split by like five different rounds in ADP this year in 10-team league. Um, I, would, I would rather – let somebody else take waddle too early and uh i'll I'll take take smith a little higher than his current adp um and so yeah that's that's why i would kill waddle of the three
2: man so we are out here digging graves for poor (laughs) Jalen. i uh i think uh I, i think we all agree that waddle's a great player extremely talented speed demon um and uh I think we'd all love to have him on our real NFL teams, but mm-hmm. I think just based on the options, uh, and I'm with you guys. I agree that that he's probably the one that that, uh, that I'm letting go to. So, uh, MJ, what you got for us?
1: Well, real quick, Steve. I'm curious because MJ and I split on the McLaurin uh, AJ Brown. Which one would you marry? Which one would you feel? Um,
2: you know, marriage is supposedly for life. Um, mm, very but, true. Uh, and uh, I, I gotta think in terms of fantasy, and right now I would uh, marry AJ Brown, um, and that's that's purely due to the team. I think the Eagles have a chance to top the boys in the NFC East, Cool. Um, and I think that uh, Jalen, watch you your
1: mouth with that language. <laughs> I
2: think, uh, I think Jalen's got a chance to, to really improve this year and, you know, targets are, are going to be taken away with Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. But that also means that there's uh less people to cover AJ Brown. And, uh, um, I mean, they're two different players, Brown and Smith Brown is, you know, he's close to a, to a Metcalf as far as being a, a man among men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, I, I love Terry McLaurin, got him on my dynasty team, but, uh, but yeah, I would, uh, I would marry uh, Mary Brown of the two right now.
0: Cool. Okay, you guys, you guys gave great players, and I, I couldn't do that to you guys. <laughs> okay. So, your options are, and uh, <laughs> I'll start with uh, Scott here. Uh, MFK, David Montgomery. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Antonio Gibson.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, As soon as you said David Montgomery, my guesses of the next two are CEH and Antonio Gibson. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think I am fairly close to the order you mentioned him in. Uh, I think I I would definitely marry David Montgomery. Um, I know Khalil Herbert has made some noise in training camp, and... Um, he, he's a beast in and of his, in and of his own self. Um, but I, David Montgomery is not a bad running back and, um, he's, he's had lots of good fancy production in the past. Um, I am very worried about both Antonio Gibson and CEH. They're both fades. Uh, they're both on my do not draft lists, um, completely. Uh, who would I... They, or who would I who would I uh, fill trades for, and who would I kill those two? That is tough. Um, I think at this point, and I think the ADP also kind of falls true to this. I think I would fill trades for Antonio Gibson. Um, I I don't think he's completely in the doghouse yet. Um, the fumble really? and the and the poor showing in preseason was bad, but it's also preseason. Um, he's still a very talented guy. Um obviously with JD McKissick there, he's he's gonna not get a whole lot of third down work and, and the worry is that um Robinson's gonna take goal line work because that definitely takes a lot away his his fantasy uh production. Um but I, I gotta kill CEH. Not only did he burn me really bad last year, but um Oof. there are a lot of uh mouths to feed that Kansas City offense and I, I think he's way down the list of potential starters to get fed um, and then the backfield is crowded too you know you have Ronald Jones there who could be on the cusp of even making the team um, if he does make it he'll probably be CEH's number two but then they also have Jerry McKinnon to do third mm-hmm. down back roll and then um, uh, the rookie P- Pacheco is that how you say his name? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco 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 yeah uh he's made a lot of noise uh i I don't think he'll start um taking over right away uh but uh i think it could only be a matter of time um i think this is ch's last chance and uh i i don't think he's going to take advantage of it um so he would be my kill of those three
0: okay steven
1: yeah i think
2: it's Maybe a little easier for me, I think, without question, taking uh, David Montgomery to the chapel, let's get married. Oh, um, I think, uh, again, of the three, no question that he's the one that I would be comfortable with him being my running back to. Um, I think it's, again, I'm definitely by no means all in on David Montgomery, but I think as a general rule, the fantasy community may be a little down on him. I get the concerns with Khalil Herbert, but uh, I, I think Montgomery has still shown that he can be – a more than serviceable running back starter. So uh, marrying him, um, I'm going to field Clyde Edwards-Alaire, CEH. Um, okay. And I'll start first with the reason for my killing Antonio Gibson. Um, talk about, a, a for one, a crowded backfield. I, I don't think the Chiefs, there's near as much competition as there is with Washington. I think Janie McKisson is a proven um Pass, passing, running, pass catching, running back. Um, almost left for Buffalo, but Washington paid him to stay. So they're going to get him involved. He's going to be part of the offense, a big part of the offense. Mm-hmm. And then you got Brian Robinson. That's that's shown that he can be a good player in um, in the, the offseason. He's going to take everything, um, or a lot of the sorry, a lot of the the running away from Antonio Gibson. And most importantly, Antonio Gibson is practicing with the special teams and. Running back ones don't do that. So uh, that's – I can't think of a bigger red flag than uh, a running back uh, practicing with the, uh, the special team. So uh, that's my reason for killing Gibson. Um, and that's really – I mean, ZEH don't have too much love for him. Um, but uh, I think at least I, – I personally don't I, – I don't think Rojo is anything to worry as far as running back competition goes. Um, Jared McKinnon, I, I think – he's, he's got some talent there and he's going to be the competition if any was CEH. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, I think we're going to see Edwards a on the field more than Gibson. So that is my reason for the order.
0: Okay. Um, did you guys know that David Montgomery was working on special teams as well? I was just about to say that
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not. <laughs> probably for different reasons.
0: Although <laughs> okay. I do have to say uh, Gibson's the only one of the out of the 3 who's been working with the third team. So
2: probably the better point.
0: Um I you know, hell of a hell of an athlete. I hope he gets it together. I mean, you just can't f- keep on fumbling every time you go out there. Um but I just want to say thank you uh to everyone who listens to this as our first fantasy football podcast um do you, scott
1: steven you guys have any
0: anything you want to say
1: yeah and, uh, Ken, Ken said uh yeah thanks thanks to the listeners um we hope this gets out there and this becomes a recurring thing um yeah let's do this
2: yeah of course want to thank our sponsors um just kidding we don't have any yet but uh, but yeah, we're uh, looking forward to continuing this podcast. We all love fantasy, and we want um, everyone to uh, to be part of this ride with us. So, looking forward to uh, the upcoming weeks and months.
0: All right, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to What's Your Fantasy podcast. Uh, my name is MJ Scott Shadow Stephen. STS Fun Train. And we'll see you guys next time.